Talking rugby, telling stories, rugby pick. Welcome to Rugby Pick'em. Who cares? Who knows? Why bother? Welcome back to Rugby Pick'em. I'm your host, BT. I'm here with two of my favorite co-hosts, Uncle Johnny. Back to the future. And Tommy No Picks. Here. We're going back to the future because we want you to go back and in listen to our last episode where the MLR was back. A.K.A. We went over the new schedule release. We talked a lot of things, Johnny. We talked Southern Hemisphere rugby. It was a good show. So. We're going back to the World Cup. Let's go back year, to the World Cup. And then we're going to go to the future World Cups to really take you through what the landscape looks like. Who's going to land these next uh, World Cups? Welcome on Mike from Chicago. What did Mike have to say? Hey, this is Mike from Chicago, an old runner. The brotherhood that the rich rugby folks in the U.S. are trying to put a testament group together in order to position the U.S. to bid on either the 2027 or 2031 Rugby World Cup. I got two questions. Is the U.S. rugby broken in bankruptcy? My second question. Where would this World Cup be held? My vote would be in Chicago at Soldier's Field because it's the greatest city in America. Rugger out. Uh-huh. Old Mike, Chicago. <laughs> All right. Old Mike. Appreciate Old Mike. Old Mike. Old, old Chicago. I like that he announced that he was a rugger in the beginning of the call and at the end of the call. Just bookmark it. <laughs> Bookend it, so to speak. Uh, yeah. Oh, a lot to uh, unpack there, I think. Like we're coming back from vacation with all the unpacking. Yeah. So, from so Chicago because <laughs> it's the best city in the United well, States. You know, I used to work there, but then there was an HR snafu. So, uh, <laughs> Johnny, he wants to know, first off, let's talk about Pangeli's first article before his big MLR is back scoop. This is uh, Martin Pangeli of The Guardian. He basically said they had put together an investment group. They're calling it RGI, and their goal is to land a big fish. We're talking Rugby World Cup, either in 2027 or 2031. And, Johnny, RGI is basically going to be a group of people raising capital and infusing it directly into the USA rugby landscape to grow the MLR to grow the rugby awareness within the U.S., the academy programs. They're basically flooding capital into the market strategically to the point where we can put together a bid to potentially get the 2027 or 2031 World Cup. Mike, you are correct in saying, isn't USA Rugby broke? They are. We talk about it very often. That doesn't mean they can't bid on a World Cup, Tommy, because finance is an art. It's not really a science. You can make the numbers look good. You can make those future income numbers look good. What the? What, what looks you, good about being broke? What are you talking <laughs> about? What I'm saying is even though we're broke right now, all debt can be restructured. It is currently being restructured. And I think that if RGI gets its shit together, puts the money in the right places, 
by the time we have to put these bids in, which I believe they're going to announce it in 2022. So we got two years to put a bid together. I think that we can make the books and the growth numbers look good enough to project a successful World Cup. We have the stadiums, okay? The FIFA World Cup is going to be in the U.S. in 2026, also in Canada and Mexico. There is no shortage of large 60 to 80,000 person stadiums here. The problem is our rugby is very fractured. Our league, the MLR, is young and new. So will World Rugby take a chance on us? Johnny, you've seen how rugby World Cups have been handed out in the past. And executed. Um, yes, we have the Stadia. They, I think there's some logistical concerns. Uh, I think it's promising that the Football World Cup, the Soccer World Cup, will be here to set some of the groundwork for pitch size um, and how you're going to retrofit some of these football, like American football stadiums, to have the right pitch dimensions for soccer and then for rugby. So I think that's a big, bigger factor than people realize. It's definitely doable. Yeah, I think 2031 is the, is the target. I think that's a reasonable target. Here, here. I think it's I think it's a still a stretch because there is so much interest. You know, Europe has hosted how many World Cups? They are greedy about it and for a reason. Like they're logistically a lot easier for people to get around. Um, we took the train from London to Newcastle uh, with Rat Bag and. What was it in 2015? We watched uh, Tonga, New Zealand. And then we had USA, Japan, and Gloucester. And then we had, you know, but you're right. France you, versus you New just, Zealand and Cardiff. You're on a train. And, and Japan was similar with the train system. It was extremely easy to get around on the trains. Not cheap, but it was easy. So it was worth it. Um, so logistically here, as we've talked about, like there have to be like an East Coast, West Coast split. Um, Chicago, unfortunately, may lose out on that because I think, to the caller's point, thank you, Mike. Like Chicago's a great town for rugby, and it and it it's central, so it draws in a different uh, group of people. The Midwest is very strong with rugby, so I think you land at least one big game or a couple in Soldier Field. It's also close to downtown. Right? But you're got you got to you got to do exactly. But you got to do East Coast uh to draw on those fans. You got to do West Coast to draw on those fans. So, so it's a totally fractured um hosting situation. I honestly think you partner with Rugby Canada to have Toronto and Vancouver at least host a few games. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think the bid is stronger. Just like the FIFA bid is stronger with Mexico and Canada as partners, it's stronger if we share it with Canada. And quite frankly, Canada will never have the infrastructure to host one on their own. Um, that's why I, I think we'd be better. But they have the fan base. as part. No, for sure. But we'd be better as a and, partnership. And they have the stadia. Yep. Now, Johnny, I'm looking back in the history and – for people who have listened to this show, you know I have a bit of an axe to grind with the powers that be uh, in European rugby, particularly current president Bill Boomer Beaumont and French henchman slash money man Bernard Laporte. 
I think that they stole an election from our guy Gus Pichot, the firecracker from Argentina, who wanted to see change, who wanted to see T2 countries. That's tier two for you, Tommy, at home. Yeah, T2 countries. Terminator (laughs) 2. Gus Pichot wanted to see the young countries grow, right? He wants to see Argentina host uh, eventually. Johnny, let me list off, for the sake of being repetitive, the World Cups since their inception. 1987, New Zealand and Australia host together. 91, it goes up to Europe. All five European teams host together. Then in 95, it goes to South Africa. So we're seeing that north-south bounce. 99 goes back to Wales. 03, Australia hosts for the first time. And England wins for the first time. Let's remind the fans that only one Northern Hemisphere has ever won the Rugby World Cup. That was England in 03. In 07, France hosts for the first time as a sole hosting country. They set attendance records, 2.2 million, right? They have the stadiums. I see why they won 2023. It goes back to New Zealand in 11, England in 15, Japan in 19, now France for the second time in 2023. Johnny, my issue here is all the European countries are at least the powerful ones like England and France. They've hosted two World Cups already. And the U.S. is talking about potentially sniffing one in 2031. Johnny, guess who's going to bid in 2031? England. England. For a third fucking time. Of course they are. Relax, Europe. Nobody wants to visit you that badly. We want to go to new, exciting countries. I don't know. Europe's pretty cool. The the deal is really that it's a flyer. You're, You're taking a big risk going somewhere where there's not a guarantee like in in europe there's guaranteed revenue coming in you're gonna have a good tournament you take a flyer on north america u.s in canada i mean i think the good thing for the u.s is how well the japan world hosting of the world cup went it was spectacular it was a success in all aspects uh you know grassroots level and attendance and just culture and you know it was it was really it was a special thing to be a part of so but that doesn't necessarily translate to other tier two countries like it, it really doesn't so there were a lot of things that came together with japan that made it what it was um i think when you're rolling the dice on such a big potential money-making or money-breaking opportunity, there's a lot of people that kind of take pause, especially when you have a potential economic fallout from a global pandemic. That's going to be another factor. Also, our track record is not great. We had the 2018 Rugby World Cup 7s in San Francisco and we screwed the pooch. We hosted the tournament. It was awesome. But two months before, we're like, holy shit, we haven't sold any tickets. World Rugby threw us a big old line of credit, flooded the market, trying to get people into the stadium. And Johnny, we were there. Amazing tournament, right? But apparently USA fucked it up, as we always do, with our finances. And we needed World Rugby to bail us out. Hence the 2020 bankruptcy. My point is this. Our track record is not good. But Tommy, with groups like RGI, Rugby Growth Investments, which is backed by James Patterson, owner of the San Diego Legion, we see you cohort, 
Uh, he also owns, well, I mean, he's a co-owner, but that ownership group also owns the Utah Warriors now. These MLR owners are part of RGI, right? They want to see the World Cup come here so badly because they've started these fledgling expansion teams. Basically, like, you're starting a sports team from scratch in a league starting from scratch. How good, mate, how good would it be to host a World Cup you know, a decade into your existence. It'd be pretty nice, right? It's a good building point. Um, so I hope they get it done. I want to host a World Cup so fucking badly, especially when I look through the list and see that, you know, England is bidding for their third one. Are you kidding me? You want a third? There's only been like 10 total. Like the, the soccer World Cup has been going on it's like the the 30s, right? So we, we have such a short history of World Cups. Why are we re-awarding World Cups to European because nations? Because they want because, it. Yeah. And because they see the potential in other countries to be as good as them. And they don't want that exposure in other countries. You're telling me England's building a fence around this sport, Tommy? I would they're not disagree with you. You can't sit at the cool table. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Yeah. Listen here, Bill. Boomer Beaumont, we're coming for you. We're going to get that 2031 bid. No, but Johnny, what what, what needs to happen uh, to push us through to the finish line? How can we get 2031? Honestly, this RGI situation, they were pretty vague about what they do. Right. So it's, it's <laughs> analogous to me about, like, you know, tr- not trusting the government but trusting corporations. So, like uh, – we have all the reason in the world not to trust like our governing body, USA Rugby, and for that body to be in disarray and and gone through bankruptcy and, and to not have really clear leadership right now. But there is an advantage to be being able to work with a organized governing body instead of it's not a rogue group necessarily, RGI. It's, it's it's definitely not. I think it's a totally invested group with their hearts in the right place. The money's behind it. But you have just a handful of people. Like It's like a corporation where you have the CEO who could just make a decision, and that decision could maybe not get questioned by the right people, and there's a lot of risk involved, right? So you need to funnel things through the right organizational-like framework, right? So... Um, so there's some risk involved in that. I think, I think an unproven entity is hard for USA or for uh, the international rugby community to like trust and work with. So that could be a challenge. Um, obviously, you can find all the money in the world in the U.S. You can find the stadia. You can uh, sketch out the logistics, but like somebody's got to be driving all all that at once, and it's got to be a cohesive effort. Back to our caller. Hey, this is Mike from Chicago, an old brother. Soldier Field is actually the smallest attendance-wise NFL stadium. So, yes, we sold out Soldier Field. No way. Yeah, no. They have, Green a, Bay? They have a sleek design. Green Bay added uh, seats up in the bowl. Bay? No, I'm bowl? telling you. Soldier Field has the smallest total capacity. That's not saying they can't host the final. Who would host the final if we did get the bid? It's an interesting call because we would host in that October range and similar to Super Bowls, right, which are held in February. The NFL was very um, 
against putting it in a cold weather city because they don't want a blizzard happening on their massive revenue TV production day. Johnny, it was always given to Miami, New Orleans, Arizona, the LA Coliseum. These outdoor kind of summer year-round places always hosted the Super Bowl. So where would we host a Rugby World Cup final in October? Soldier Field would be great, but that would be susceptible to winter storms. So Mike from Chicago. Johnny, I'm thinking this new Rams Chargers Stadium in L.A., a.k.a. Cronkyville. Yeah. Um, that's got to be what would host the final. And again, they want to make money off these things. I'm looking at the, the Wikipedia, which we'll publish on the blog. So they, they went through all the World Cups. They show you total attendance, matches played. I'm sure they'll give you a revenue number if you dig deep enough. But in the bid, they want to see us sell out all quarterfinals, right? Show us that you can have four different quarterfinals in four different cities. Yeah. And sell those games out. Not only that, but you have to have a certain level of, you know, capacity that that you're selling for every other game. So th- there's a lot that's not guaranteed. Some will be in MLS there's, stadiums. There's a lot five thousand, yeah, twenty thousand. There's, there's still a lot that's not proven yeah. within our market, right? So I think making a bid within the next year without was still not a lot proven because we won't be able to prove butts and seats for MLR really not at all. So we used to consider two and a half thousand a success back at uh the Glendale games. And let's just say we're being a little generous with the uh two and a half thousand. My point is this Johnny, there's a lot of logistics. You're right. We cannot put this bid in too early if our shit is not together. And back to the East Coast, West Coast, if you were smart, you'd you'd schedule a lot of the European teams Right, playing in New York, in in Philly, in in Miami, and you'd have to schedule Australia, New Zealand, Japan on the West Coast. Pacific teams on the West Coast, but you can't do that. You can't cross the the pools. pools. You would have the you would have the pools split. Yeah, until you came together. So there's a lot of factors at play. That doesn't mean that it's not a really enticing bid still for World Rugby too. Like they they. World Rugby is honestly waiting for the chance to make the USA a success. Well, but they don't want to do it the wrong way. You're right. And if we're not ready, which honestly, talking about it, by 2031, it really seems like we should be. But all these all these question marks tell me that no one's going to award us a 2031 bid because we can't guarantee really much of anything <laughs> i don't know how i mean we would have to put so much into like the hype and i think tommy the only way they get the bid if is they just put sleeping giant into the uh powerpoint the powerpoint at least 20 to 30 times sleeping giant the deck the entire <laughs> deck is just sleeping giant. tommy do you like any uh new stadiums to host the final maybe the la coliseum apparently the guiltinis are gonna play there <laughs> By the way, for those that don't know, the Coliseum hosts 75,000 total capacity. So, Johnny, tell me what uh, a 1,000 Giltini fans will look like in that 75,000-person stadium. I think that's a good sparse final. No, for sure. I just I, – I went off on a tangent. 
thinking <laughs> about our MLR teams about putting up one twentieth of stadium capacities, right. and at the same time, what we're going to put in a World Cup bid? Like all that film hits the internet, and people are like. Oh yeah, the rugby's good in the U.S., but yeah. fuck, the stands are empty. Right. I mean, you <laughs> see those matches, like even if it's an Australian match, and you're like, oh, they're in Sydney. There's nobody in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. And uh, co- COVID will will be a challenge. I mean, put it this way: if if M- MLR is back, but when they actually do come back, let's say they have a, talking, okay, let's say they have a <laughs> MLR is back, but when it comes back. Let's say they have a perfect year, right? No cancellations. If we still average 2,000 people a game, and that's a good average, like that is not convincing numbers. The proof of the pudding is your domestic comp, how they're doing recently. So it's like our MLR numbers is, is going to be the proof of whether we can host a World Cup, in my eyes. We'll see what RGI is up to and what they can get done. Tommy, can these money guys, can these freaking Wall Street suits get the job done or not? Oh, my God. It's it's a stretch, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Best two words of all time. Oh, gentlemen, breaking news. Breaking news. We knew he was dirty from the beginning. French henchman, (laughs) a.k.a. the guy greasing palms down in Fiji when the – the vote for who was going to be the president, Bernard Laporte, in custody. Apparently talking to uh, French financial police. So if you want 2031 as much as we do, call the freaking voicemail line. I'm getting sick and tired of having Tommy having to tell you the number. You Wait, should are you save sick? it in your phone. Are you save sick? it in the phone. Dude, don't come around me. You're sick. What I'm not. You're sick and I'm, tired. I'm sick and tired, Johnny. Dude, those are signs. Lethargy is the sign of sickness. Uh, Tommy, what's the number? 720-259-8825 or 720-259-TUG. Save it in your goddamn phone right now. Your contact. Mike from Chicago, you're the best. Johnny? Should we make a new hashtag? Should we say uh, hashtag Mission Twenty Thirty One? Mission Twenty Thirty One. The future is ours. The future is ours. Mission Twenty Thirty One. Bring it to the states, baby. Totally different cultures spread throughout our country. It'd be a great place to visit. Good hot dogs, you know, uh, other meat. <laughs> we got the best street meat in meat. the whole world. A lot of lot of meat. Factories. Pack them. A lot to uh, unpack there, I think. Like we're coming back from vacation. Bill Boomer Beaumont. It's a stretch, but... We'll see. (laughs) You know... You know... You know... 
you know. Here, here. Yeah, I think 2031 is, is the target. I think that's a reasonable target. Here, here. You know. What looks you? good about being broke? <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Christopher Walker. <laughs> Sacker World Cup. <laughs> it's only been going Not very surprising that the shady guy paying money to get votes uh, just got arrested for in fraud. his own country for fraud. Arrested not? Oh, but no, it's okay, Johnny. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing from The Guardian, uh, French rugby president Bernard Laporte says there is a coup against him. So oh, there you go. He He's squeaky it's clean. It's a conspiracy. He's squeaky clean. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Know your role.